This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. So I've got a shocking announcement. On this episode today, this is going to be the last time that I play my guitar. The very last time. Okay, okay, okay. Maybe not the very last time. Actually, I probably will play it again in the future, but I can pretty much guarantee I won't be playing it very often anymore, and I definitely won't be playing it for uh, probably a while. I'll tell you about that in just one second, but obviously, since this is happening, to commemorate the moment on today's episode, I'm going to play a little solo guitar show for you on this guitar, playing my six favorite jazz ballads, all while telling you why they're great ballads to learn and some lessons you can learn from them as well. Let's do this thing. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. What's up, everybody? Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards. We let musicians just like you learn how to play jazz, all while shortening the learning curve, no matter what instrument you play. Hey, so uh, feeling a little bit uh, uh, sentimental today. Feeling a little sentimental. Now, the reason that I am uh, is, is because tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon, a brand new guitar is being shipped to my doorstep. A brand new guitar. Now, if you know me at all from the show at all, you know that I don't really, I'm not really a gear person. I don't buy new guitars. I don't buy new gear. It's really not my thing. I don't like messing with it. And it's been, let's see, with my current guitar here, it's been about 15 years or so that I've had it. Maybe I'm a little off. Maybe it's 16 years. I'm not sure. But this is just a $600 guitar. Uh, it was my first quote-unquote jazz guitar, if you will. And uh, I just always felt like I didn't need anything more. Like it just did the job, uh, much to the chagrin of my wife, who would constantly uh, you know, ask me to, Brent, please, you're a professional jazz guitar player. Please get a really good instrument, right? You, should, you deserve it. You should have it. And I was like, no, 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 I don't want that. Um, well, nine months ago, I did take the leap, and I hired a really fantastic uh, Luthier, uh, based out of San Diego, Victor Baker, to create a custom guitar for me, right? So I took that big leap, um, put down the money for it. <laughs> uh, it was an investment. And nine months later, now tomorrow, I've been checking the shipping tracking because I'm obviously very excited. It will be arriving at my door. And then all of a sudden, it hit me this morning that, um, you know, my, my guitar here that I've been playing for such a long time, um, we've played hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of gigs together. We've clocked thousands of hours of practicing together. And it's very likely that we won't be spending near as much time together anymore. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm I, you know, there's going to be a nicer guitar in the house, a very high quality instrument. And it's not that I don't appreciate this guitar quite a bit and that uh, I'm not going to ever like not play it anymore. I think that's very, very unlikely. Um, but 
it made me realize that, hey, I have spent so much time with this instrument. I think before the new guitar comes in tomorrow, I should probably spend some quality time. Um, and then I also realized I need to record a podcast episode. So what I'd love to do today is actually do a little bit of a simplified solo guitar show for you, where I'm going to be playing through six of my favorite jazz ballads that I've enjoyed playing on this guitar over the past how many years? 16 years. I should probably actually go back and count the years before publicly declaring a year number of this guitar. Um, so we're going to do that, but I'm also going to talk a little bit about the tunes as well, uh, why they're great tunes to learn. As you know, this show is all about um, how to become a better jazz musician, and learning jazz standards is the number one thing I talk about, and uh, certainly ballads have a lot to teach us, and they're just important to know. So we're going to dive right into that. So the very first tune I want to play for you is a tune by Duke Ellington, and this song is Prelude to a Kiss. So let's do it. Thank you. 
Okay, Prelude to a Kiss. Um, so Prelude to Kiss, uh, Duke Ellington. Um, love this tune uh, because I just love the chromatic sort of voice leading that's going on. And it's really more fourth moving, but I'm, when I say chromatic, I mean the voice leading that's happening underneath it is really cool. I also really like, um, so this tune, by the way, it's in C major, but during the bridge, it goes to E major, right? So basically, it goes to the third of C into a new key, so E major. Right, absolutely love that about this tune. There's so much uh, beautiful melody in here. I think when it comes to ballads, you know, the thing that I love about them is the melody. Like the melody is just so beautiful on a lot of these ballads. So um, that's Prelude to a Kiss. Uh, the next tune that I'm going to play is My Ideal. My Ideal. And uh, this is written by Richard Whiting. My Ideal. Ideal. So I played this one so many times. Actually, my favorite setting to play this tune is trio. I mean, a lot of honestly, the songs. My favorite setting to play is trio. Um, but this one, I don't know what it is when you just hear those brushes of the drums in the background. Um, it just feels so good to play this tune because um, I don't know what it is. For some reason, the melody just really s speaks to me. Um, this particular tune. And uh, not everybody knows about this tune, My Ideal, um, but it's uh, it's a great one. It's one of those mainstays that when I used to play a lot of trio gigs, I would call this one uh, quite often, quite often. So My Ideal is a great tune. It's an E flat major. Um, and I think some of the cool things about it is, you know, it does some of that chromatic moving dominant seventh chord movement in it, which is really nice. Um, and then the last little phrase actually actually features a tritone substitution. So sometimes people ask me, well, Brent, tritone substitution or any substitution or all this music theory stuff, like when does it actually come into play? Well, my ideal, uh, it comes into play. It um, comes into play at the... 
That's the last stanza. It's my ideal. And so it's a B7 sharp 11 to a B flat 7. That's the 5 chord to the 1 chord. So it's actually a tritone sub of 2 is actually what's going on there. Tritone sub of 2, which sounds really good. So that's uh, my ideal. Okay, next tune I'm going to play. This is one that I think... It was Betty, a Betty Carter. Well, I think I, I I learned it originally from some modern jazz musician where I heard it and I was like, wow, this is a really beautiful tune. And then I think I checked out the Betty Carter version of it, which I was just enamored by. But this tune is called But Beautiful and it's by Jimmy Van Heusen. And by the way, uh, it looks like the lyrics are by Johnny Burke. So the, the lyrics are also really, really beautiful. So it's worth listening to uh, a vocal version of this tune as well. But this one is uh, But Beautiful. but beautiful yeah um not a lot to say about this one other than the melody is just so beautiful but i guess harmonically what i think is really interesting is it's in g major concert g major okay then it goes b minor seven flat five e seven to a minor seven so it's a two five to two two five of two right then it goes a minor seven but then it repeats the melody in a motific way then it goes to C sharp minor seven flat five 
to the uh, F sharp seven, and then resolves up a half step back to the one chord, the the G major. So I think that's what makes this tune so much more interesting than what you hear with traditional, like you know, one six two five or one three six two five kind of stuff. Uh, is those half diminished chords, and it just has a really pleasing sound um, with the melody, like really nice. Does go to the relative minor. Whoops. Yeah, to the G major, uh, and and you know, anytime in a ballad when it goes to the relative minor, it's just like a feel. It's a feel good moment, right? Everybody knows that feeling when you hear the relative minor. Even if you don't know it's the relative minor, it's just like, ooh, yeah, that sounded good. That's what I wanted to hear. So, but beautiful, great tune. That's it's another tune that I don't think a lot of people are playing or even know about. Um, but it is a really fantastic jazz ballad. So go check that one out if you haven't done so before. Okay. We're going to go to another um, real classic tune. It is, um, I mean, I really like this tune. And it's called Polka Dots and Moonbeams, right? Polka Dots and Moonbeams. And Polka Dots and Moonbeams was written by Jimmy Van Heusen again. So uh, actually, it looks like it was also another Jimmy Van Heusen, Johnny Burke collaboration. So that's interesting, right? All right, so let's play this one Uh Polka dots and moonbeams. Thank you. 
Yeah, so Polka Dots and Moonbeams. Love this one. This is such a great song. Um, the most interesting thing to note about it is that this tune is in concert F major. Okay, and it does a lot of like one, six, two, five, relative minor, little bass walk down. But it's that's pretty much all it is, one, six, two, five. But the cool thing about it is when it goes to the bridge, it actually goes to the key of concert A major. So this is another case sort of like in Prelude where the way I like to think about the key change is that it's a major third up, right? So it goes a major third up from the original key center. So that's A major. So in that sense, Prelude to a Kiss and Polka Dots and Moonbeams are actually quite similar. Um, and again, when we're, when we're like trying to analyze jazz standards, and a lot of my inner circle members will um, be very familiar with when I talk about this, but understanding jazz standards with this basic harmonic analysis, like understanding what the key center is, understanding the, the structure of the tune, not by a chord to chord basis, but by a, a tonal center basis, right? And of course, Roman numeral analysis, that's super helpful for understanding a tune like this. So I can automatically sort of bucket those two tunes together. I can understand that Prelude to a Kiss and Polka Dots and Moonbeams, they're both similar in the sense that the tonal center changes up a major third, right? And that's helpful because then I just need to remember that like, oh, Prelude to a Kiss is in concert C major and Polka Dots and Moonbeams is in F major. And then if I just understand my music theory after that, it's not so difficult. So that's Polka Dots and Moonbeams. All right, we're going to go to another uh, Polka Dots and Moonbeams, by the way, that is a very common jazz ballad. So while some of them I've been naming aren't necessarily as common, Polka Dots and Moonbeams 100% is. Another jazz ballad that I would say is, um, again, not like it's no one ever plays it, but it's probably less common as as a general rule, and that would be Peace by Horace Silver. Peace by Horace Silver. So that's the one I'm going to play right now. Another one of my favorite ballads.
Yeah, so this is a really fun one uh, for me. Peace by Horace Silver. This one is the, I, I guess I would say the most harmonically complex one of the bunch. So it starts with a, a 2-5 to G minor, then a C7. So it's kind of like the, the 5 of the 1 there, of G minor, if you will. Um G minor, that's actually the sixth chord of the key center of this tune. It's actually, this tune is actually in B flat major, which I think makes it actually even more interesting because we're essentially starting in, in the relative minor. Then it goes to um, B major seven, and then C minor seven flat five, F seven to B flat major seven. So a two, five, one, but we, we call this a hybrid two, five, one when you have essentially a minor two five that resolved to a major one so that's a hybrid one then it goes to a different key center altogether then it goes to a major so two five to a major f sharp minor seven and then another key center change to two five to d flat major seven weird right then it goes to c minor seven flat five f seven to b flat major seven so it's weird, as I suppose, harmonically, but again, when you tie the melody in there, it sounds so good. Um, it allows for some really creative moments, especially in improvisation. So that's a great one to check out. Okay, the very last and uh, final jazz ballad that is uh, I would consider my favorite is actually one I covered recently on the podcast, not too many episodes ago, where I did a deep dive into my favorite jazz ballad. Um, and the funny thing is like, as I'm playing these other jazz ballads, I'm like, is darn that dream really my favorite <laughs> jazz ballad? Um, so darn that dream is the tune, uh, that I'll play for you. So darn that dream, uh, really, uh, really lovely tune. We actually studied this recently in our inner circle membership, uh, did a full on deep dive into this tune. So by the way, if you're not one of our inner circle members, uh, do at least give it a checkout at ljsinnercircle.com, ljsinnercircle.com. Check out the membership. We have a great time in there. We learn lots of tunes uh, such as these. Okay, let's play Darn That Dream. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
All right, darn that dream. Uh, what a great tune. What a fantastic tune. Love playing this one. Um, so much to go on with this one. I talk, again, about this a lot in the other episode. What episode was that that I talked about darn that dream? I talk about darn that dream in episode 339. So if you want to check that one out, 339. I really go deep into uh, darn that dream. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, the cool thing, of course, is... It actually goes to a weird different key center for the bridge. It goes to E flat major. So it starts in G major, but then it goes to E flat major. So um, again, you could think of this a number of different ways. I suppose the easiest way to think about it is the key center, a major third down from there, right? So a major third... is the key center change on Darn That Dream. Okay, so I've had some fun uh, playing for you today. Uh, the quote-unquote last time I'm playing this particular guitar. Again, I'll, I'm sure I'll play it again, right? It's just that it's it's probably going to be sitting in the case, uh, especially in the near future, for quite a while. But that's okay. My good friend, my faithful and trusty guitar buddy, thank you for spending thousands and thousands and thousands of hours helping me learn how to play music, uh, providing me tons of challenges to navigate, uh, providing some incredible musical moments throughout my gigging career, and for uh, just being a great musical companion. Thank you, my friend. I love that line in the bass there, but I never, I always like start talking before it gets to that part. <laughs> After so many years of, of doing this podcast, like I, like I know these bass lines so well, <laughs> by the way, that my, my friend, Nathaniel Schroeder, who's an excellent bass player recorded these for me, um, as well as the intro music. Cause at the time, I don't know if he's still doing it. He was doing a lot of, uh, music for a YouTube channel. Um, I forgot what the YouTube channel is called. Um, Minute Earth. I think it was Minute Earth is what it was called. Uh, very popular show, by the way. Anyways, um, my friend Nathaniel Schroeder playing the bass. So I could pretty much like sing all these bass lines. Anyways, I digress. Thank you for checking out the show today, folks. Really appreciate it. Hey, like I said before, ljsinnercircle.com. That's where you can sign up for Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle membership. We have a blast in there. We're learning jazz together. We have an incredibly vibrant community of a thousand over a thousand five hundred jazz musicians in there who are all learning together growing together playing all sorts of instruments the community is awesome uh i guarantee you you'll the content is awesome um you can do a lot or you can do a little like just learn one jazz standard a month like we do in our jazz standards club it's just fun so ljsinnercircle.com be sure to check it out all right, my friends, we're going to come out with another episode of the podcast very soon. So make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and we'll see you back then. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. 
Subscribe to the series on iTunes. And don't forget to join our jazz community at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.